0: Welcome to tonight's broadcast, friends, partners, God lovers around the world. I am really honored because my friend, Zach Weschler, who started the church community that we're in, they're building today, Encounter Church Las Vegas, but now has moved on to New York, Encounter New York. And uh, Zach, welcome on the broadcast. Thanks.
1: Glad to be here.
0: Yeah. It's an honor to have you on. And... Uh, why don't you just tell the people watching, uh, how did this all start? <laughs> did you grow up in a Christian home? Did you? Wh- what's your history here?
1: So uh, I grew up. Um, I went to church. I went to a group Catholic, actually, so didn't go to church that often. Um, then I uh, encountered the Lord when I was 17. I was born again, uh, radically transformed. Mm-hmm. um delivered from drugs and doing all t- sorts of crazy stuff and i was 17 years old at that time felt called into ministry can i uh, pause
0: here for a minute yeah yeah sure had,
1: did someone invite you to a church service you no, get saved in your, actually, your bedroom it was it actually no it was really simple my uh, my sister was like hey i was born again and i had this amazing experience mm-hmm. and so um, prior to her telling me this the lord had been drawing me Mm. Uh, to his heart. And so I had, I had an encounter with the Lord when I was very young. Um, I was probably, it, it kind of breaks me up when I think about it. I was probably seven or eight and I was in my room and, uh, and I just had like this vision of Jesus and he had open arms. Mm. And I remember just like light glowing around him. And there was something about the tenderness of the heart of Jesus that just hit me as a child. And so Even before that, my dad tells me when I was little, I used to pretend to preach or something. I'd say, "Thank you, Jesus, for the nice day," and I had a southern accent, which I don't even know where I got that from. (laughs) Um, And but there was something about Jesus just branding my heart. Mm. And so my sister says, "Oh, I was born again." And so I'm like, "But three months before she told me that, the Lord was drawing me." And my uncle gave me a Bible. I never went to church, but. Hmm. I would ditch school to read my Bible. I was just hungry. Hmm. Like, I was, the, God was drawing me. I would say I was seeking God, but really, right, right, of course, right. the Holy Spirit was just drawing yeah, me yeah. with the gentle cords of His loving kindness. And so I'm like, She tells me this, and I'm like, Well, I want to get born again. I don't want to go to hell. I mean, that's literally <laughs> yeah, what yeah, I said. Yeah. And so I got to pray with somebody, and uh, I found a church. I asked this lady, I said, I want to go to a church. I didn't even know what I was talking about, but I'm like, I want to go to church. Where the Holy Spirit is. Hmm. And I'd never been exposed to any charismatic church or anything. Like this is just the Lord snatched me and put these desires and this longing in my heart. So then I go to the, a four, this little four church that's a worshipful church. And then I experience the presence of God for the first time. And... It was just unbelievable. Then I get baptized in the Holy Spirit on Christmas Day, months after I get born again in June when I was 17, mm. June 18th, 1992. Then I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the best Christmas gift I've ever got. Yeah. On December 25th, man, got endued with power. And in that moment, I felt like I had all the faith in the world. Mm. And I just, rem- I'll never forget. And, and then I got my prayer language and I prayed in tongues all the time. Like Mm. literally, I'm just like, (laughs) like, and I'm 18 years old and I'm just like, I turned 18 um, in August, you know, at that time. And, and the Lord just set me ablaze, but I did feel a call into ministry. So that's, oh, well, I I remember um, feeling this, like I was created for this. And I couldn't, I didn't know what ministry looked like. I didn't, at that point, I just started going to church. I didn't even know what a sermon was. Uh I could barely read, by the way. I I read at Mm. about a first grade level. Mm. So I didn't graduate high school. Mm. Um, I went to, I got held back in elementary school. I went to all sorts of, tested for all sorts of learning disabilities. I went to all sorts of after school mentoring things to try to find out, you know, why I'm not learning or whatever. Uh, Couldn't read. I was supposed to graduate with 23 credits. I had like six. I my GPA was 0. 0.6, which is an F. Mm-hmm. So, praise God. Come on, somebody. Hmm. Wow. Come on, you know, yeah. that's good grades, yeah. And and so that was my part of my testimony. I couldn't read. Then I started reading the Bible and like God awakens my memory and I learned how to read. And I and it was just like this hunger, but I felt like I was made for this. I didn't know what ministry was, but I was made for this. And I remember telling my mom, I know this is a long answer, That's but good. I, I told my mom, I said, mom, I feel like I'm called to preach. And she looks at me. She lived in Denver and I'm visiting. I lived here with my dad and- uh, Lived here in Vegas. Yeah, I lived here in yeah. Vegas and, and I would visit her. I said, mom, I had this experience. Oh, and I speak in tongues now. Listen, and she's like freaking out. We're in the car. Huh. And I'm like, I feel like God's called me in ministry. And she says, Zach, I love, you're a different person. I love what is happening in your life. I have to tell you something. And I'm like, what? She says, Mm. the night you were conceived, I knew that I was going to have a boy. And she looked up at the stars and prayed, God, if you give me a boy, I'll give him back to you. Mm. And she felt like... she's Catholic too. So there was no grid for ministry. Yeah. She felt like I was going to be a priest or something like, yeah, yeah. From so. the womb, God called me out and, and, uh, and, and, just had that, uh, that call my life from the womb. And she's telling me the story. I'm like, are you serious? She had never told me that before. Yeah. But it connected with her in that moment because i'm sharing my testimony so yeah it was as simple as my sister told me i got born again and i'm like i don't want to go to hell and then it just all unfolded mm. radical transformation uh delivered from drugs alcoholism um you know i lived right off the strip so i used to party with my friends on the strip and we got 86 from probably like 12 or 13 different hotels so we were tr- trespass. I mean, we were just vandalizing, (laughs) doing stupid stuff, you know, drinking and partying. And, uh, I I got two things
0: that just really jumped out to me. And it's when I hear people's stories, uh, about your life and it's, you're telling the story. Your mom is not born again, but she's got this sense that her child, she's going to have a boy. He's going to be special and he's going to be set apart for service unto God. And I, I, when I hear people talk about that, and you and I are very similar in this, we're very much, we have this choice, we have this power of choice, but also I believe, and I actually have it written somewhere in my notes, that before we ever came to earth, before we even came close to anything connecting us to God, God is working and orchestrating circumstances in our life for that which he brought us to earth to take place and i'm connecting it with the i don't the picture that i'm actually seeing right now is like these three like little ladies just praying in a church and they're praying in tongues they're praying out loud they don't even know what they're praying for but i believe they're praying for people like you like me before yeah, yeah. we ever connected with the lord and it's like they're moving in the unseen realm yeah. and it's like i always have this sense when i'm praying not only that I'm connecting, like when I'm praying with other people often or even by myself, I have this sense that I'm actually living in the answer to other people's prayers and they didn't even know what they were praying for our generation. And I believe that that's what God does, that in the sovereignty of God, he is orchestrating, he is moving things. And years ago, one time I saw... um, in, in inner is usually always in prayer. I saw like when the people of God worship, like in corporate gatherings, when it's proper worship unto God, that's why to me it's so important, the sound of the Lord, releasing the sound of, you know, cap, not just singing a song, but actually capturing as a corporate people, it releases this atmosphere into the city. And I would, I would see as the spirit of God moved out of that room and into the city, the guy sitting there, who's totally depressed, drinking a beer, watching TV goes, Whew, I just felt like peace, I don't know what that is. And it's because it, it's shaped yeah. by the people of God that right. move things in the unseen realm. And, and I know that to be true. Like I, know, like you, at 18, my, the whole trajectory of my life changed, but for about a year and a half, maybe two, and a half, two years, it was like I was being drawn to that very moment. And I know for me, I, I can trace it back to my own mom and dad's prayers. And then the second thing that jumped out to me about um, what you were just saying is this. And it's, it's, we know that everyone's brought to earth with a purpose. But literally, when I got born again, my literally mind started to become right. Mm-hmm. And I used to like lose everything. Like, because when you're, when you're not serving God, your, your mind is just like it's, like, I used to put my keys down and literally not know where I put my keys now now 24 years later i have this profound sense of recall i can remember names yeah, i can yeah, remember yeah. different things and i i just think it's amazing that you you're labeled this way you're you're going to be this way and and you're you're a writer you you got this deep insight from the lord and just and we know it's the lord yeah
1: yeah so it's powerful. It's powerful. yeah i you know it's uh... It's amazing looking back and just seeing how the Lord, you know, these encounters, these sovereign moves. And uh, and now I'm doing what, uh, what, I, what I was created to do, and I love it, you know. And, and it's a testimony behind, you know, the, the fact that I didn't graduate high school or whatever. There's more to that, that story, too. So I ended up getting a job. I got, yeah, I think I got a job at a gym, like putting weights away and cleaning. It was a janitor, whatever, you know, mm-hmm. at, at that time though, I devoted myself to the Lord. I mean, I just, mm-hmm. I would read Smith Wigglesworth and God's generals and I'm constantly praying and, and just like, I mean, I, I was just caught up and then I worked at the Mirage hotel for a little while, um, worked my way up and I became a bellman and all this stuff. Uh, and then when I left that job, I started a job and I learned, uh, finance and mortgages without a high school degree, Mm. my income quadrupled. So I'm making my best year. I made nearly half a million dollars. Mm. And then here I am as a giver. I learned, I learned tithing. I learned sewing and generosity. And a lot of it I learned from my dad because my dad, uh, he's like, he's a King. He's anointed. Whatever he touches turns to gold. Mm. And so I learned that spirit of generosity and how to, he taught me that it was in me to make money. And so I didn't need all this other stuff. Right, right. Even though he was very much like, you know, yeah, get an education. You know, he went to college and everything. Right. And and I started educating myself later. You know, I did some schooling and stuff. But um, the testimony behind it is the Lord, his hand of favor was just there. Yeah, and it's unmistakable. And then you know, I'm making good money, and uh, then we plant the church, and the Lord just prospers it. Mm-hmm. And it was just, uh, it was just His hand of grace. And from the very beginning, though, from the womb, from my conception, the mm-hmm. Lord had set me apart for something. And then I, it all came together later. I find I want
0: to well. hit reverse a little bit. Tell, tell me about planning Encounter Las Vegas. How that was yeah. conceived. And I know before that you were a worship leader, mm-hmm. you're on staff at a church, yes. and you, you served other ministries. Did you, even when you're serving other people, did you have like this sense, hey, I got this call one day, I'm gonna start a church or? Yeah,
1: sort of, I, you yeah. know, I, I didn't know, I thought it might be, honestly, I, I saw myself like as a revivalist yeah. first, and I yeah. saw myself maybe traveling, preaching or whatever, and I had this fire in me And I learned quickly that when I would pray, the manifest presence of God would flood a room. Mm. And I was young and people started recognizing it. And I didn't really know where it came from. It came from the Lord, but it was like this authority. Mm. I would pray for people uh, that had nightmares, they get delivered, you know? And so I'm like, oh, that's cool. Hey, do you have nightmares? Every time I pray, they go. And I'm just, I learned who I was and this authority I carried. And so I served ministries, and I didn't. I never was looking for. I, I never the next thought, best thing. Yeah, like I yeah. wasn't like, oh, I could do better than this guy. I should be the pastor. It was like I just want to serve. It's good. And wherever I could serve, I'm yeah. happy. Mm-hmm. But I do have a desire to preach, to pray for people. Right. Then the Lord opened up and unlocked the the gift of worship in me. Hmm. And so as a young believer, uh, that's another story. Is like I started to. Tell play, that story, man. So God. I started playing hmm. the guitar. And this was right after I got saved. And, and Did I you would, play
0: any instruments before you got no, born again?
1: No, not at wow. all. Uh, didn't even, actually when I first got saved, I would lip sync in worship because I was so ashamed that I would sound bad. Hmm. So I didn't sing. Um, Say and that then,
0: again, you were ashamed yeah. and you became a worship leader? Yeah, I wouldn't sing in church. Zach, you're like a sign and a wonder. <laughs> you really are, that's amazing. Yeah, I would literally- I would never know, like, I, I, for the people listening to this, this guy is like singing this morning. I'm like, wow, he's really gifted. Like like this is like, <laughs> like he's yes, really gifted and anointed, and, and, and so. But when you started, you couldn't even sing out loud. No, wow. I,
1: I would I would literally pretend like I was singing, but no sound was coming out. Hmm. So everyone's singing these old worship songs. I went to this four square church. It was such a worshipful church and hmm. I experienced the presence of the Lord. I started doing what everyone else was doing, lifting their hands. And one night I got caught up. Uh, And I thought I was in heaven. I didn't even know what happened. I literally, I opened my eyes and after an hour and a half of worship, they had these once a month praise and worship things that went on. It was all worship. And I'm like, there was no experience of drugs or anything that ever compared to what I just experienced. And from that day forward, I was addicted to the presence of the Lord. <laughs> mm. and, and so little by little though, I started learning how to play the guitar and then I'm like, oh, I'm gonna sing. And I'm just singing. And I would grab my guitar and I'd worship and I would just spend time with the Lord. And I didn't mm. know what I was doing. I didn't have any recipe. I didn't have a mentor. I would just sing to Jesus. Jesus, I love you. It was the very first song I ever mm. learned. Some old Jesus, I love you. And it repeats and that was all I
0: knew. Do, do you have, do you know if you have any like music in your background and stuff?
1: In, in the family, yeah, there's people. Oh, yeah, okay, so yeah. I
0: think that's but, in your background there.
1: Yeah, and, but it was never unlocked. Never, I never knew anything about it. But until, it
0: was in your DNA?
1: Yeah, there was something there, it, even intrinsically, I think.
0: Um, I just wanna pause right here, then I want you to pray, and then we'll jump right back, because okay. I feel like there's an anointing here. When I was, I think 20 years old, Uh, I was in this meeting and probably maybe people watching this will know this Pastor Jackson Sinyanga and he gave me one of the most life transforming words that I ever got one time and it was probably the first real direct word I remember getting like like a personal word and he said this he said what you don't know is on the inside of you is already on the inside of you Mm, and I was like what is he talking about? Mm. And then I could only understand years later what he was saying, that I was actually praying for stuff that was already my DNA inside, inside of that was my God given. And I feel like you had that same thing Mm -hmm. that what you don't know is on the was there. And then through hunger of God, it was unlocked. So I I, will jump back to the story. But I feel like I want you to pray for people that they don't even realize that there are things on the inside of them that God has already given them. But they're asking God. It's like there's an activation. I feel like there's just this activation of the anointing yeah, yeah. of what's their inheritance, right. a part of their purpose.
1: So. That's good. And I, I think.
0: Yeah, whatever you want to add to it. No, boiler, in one yeah. way,
1: I think that's the way impartation works. Yes. I do think that there is something that can be added a DNA or a, like you see it with Paul and Timothy. Yes. You know, and he differentiates what's intrinsic to what is added. And, yeah, and yeah, that's says, right. Stir yeah, up I what agree. Was added, I agree. But in one sense, I think what we think is added could be DNA unlocked.
0: I absolutely agree with you. And, and yeah. that's
1: kind of what, yeah. yeah. I, so I, agree. I would love to pray. Yeah, I would I'm gonna agree. I'm going to pray for people. Yeah, Peter's power the Lord leads. Of, yeah, okay. I, and let me
0: just add one thing. Yeah. I agree with that. For me, a prophetic gift that I didn't know was hearing, declaring came very naturally to me. Mm. And I remember years ago, uh, uh, Doctor Kingsley Fletcher laid hands on me. Probably to me, one of the great prophets of our time. And I still remember when he prayed for me. I always heard. I always could see. But when he laid hands on me, I believe he unlocked something that was deep. I still remember my life was never the same of him praying for me. Now, healing, I had to really pursue. I think it was in my DNA, but I still had to like, I had to really intentionally seek other people out to add that dimension. But prophetically, Mm -hmm. that came much more natural.
1: Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's some things that the father just wires us for. Yeah. And then other things we learn and grow in. Yeah, Especially, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I can tell you when uh, years ago, when Randy Clark and Bill Johnson laid hands on me, <laughs> at the same time, Whoa. at some conference, it changed my ministry. Mm-hmm. We had this Sunday night gathering a week later. And out of 40 people, we weren't planning a church at this point. We're just hungry. We're just like, hey, we're going to have a gathering and worship. And I'd preach. And out of like 40 plus people, like 15 people got healed. And some of the healings that took place were like, you know, things that uh, they had been in pain in and couldn't move their ankle mm. for like twelve years or something. You know, yeah, really yeah, cool yeah. healings, yeah. not just oh my back doesn't hurt right, anymore, right, but right. like legit, yeah, cool yeah, stories. And not that that's not legit. No, no, that's I know good. What you're saying. You know yeah, what I yeah, mean, yeah. Though? But I believe in impartation. When Benny Hinn lays hands on me, he's pacing, and he's like, release the prophetic. And I flew on the ground, and Mm. my ministry changed. Something happened. Mm. I'm not sure how it works. If it's unlocking yeah, adding, a little bit of both. Yeah, I think a little bit of both.
0: And I also think God meets your hunger of, like, if you are hungry – yeah, yeah. It's, it's all these, I don't think it's like this one necessarily singular thing, but it's all these different things coming together. Before you pray though, I yeah. think you're hitting on something and I want you to address it just because I know that you've had, you, you're very eclectic and you're thinking like I am. I'm like, okay, yeah, that's really interesting. I don't quite see it that way. And, and you've had different sort of ministries and fivefold gifts. What do you think about, because I think this is particularly important in a culture in America, where it's very much missing because we think as Americans, we can just say anything, do anything. I mean, even this morning, I saw something from another leader in the body of Christ about our president that I I couldn't even believe like they were saying like, anyway, it was just so mocking of him. But can you maybe just talk a little bit about how you've seen like honoring the gift of God and the anointing upon a man or woman of God and the ability to receive what they have. How have you seen that works? Has he just said it, Bill and Randy? Yeah,
1: I think sometimes we just don't see it because there's some sort of discontent in our heart. So if we don't see it, then our heart is probably shut off, Mm -hmm. maybe to something like it. For example, I think there are entire denominations that are offended at the Holy Spirit Mm -hmm. and they are because maybe they've seen the fringes of the charismatic movement, Yeah, they've seen the phony, and the fringes become the face, unfortunately. Right, right, right. And so it's kind of like somebody who is, uh, very against Christianity because they think everyone's a Westboro Baptist church. Right, right. right. They think yeah, that yeah, yeah. all churches are, that's great are saying God hates fags or whatever. Right, right, right. Like that's literally the signs that they hold. Right. When there are the majority of the church yeah, the, the, has the, arms the 12, open to the, broken people. The 12 people.
0: people in the Westboro Baptist church. Right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the 12 people. Yeah, yeah the 12 people.
1: Yeah. Um, so I think that sometimes we shut our hearts off to something and then we don't see the value of who they are. So I as I grew in the Lord, I just was like, I just recognized it. Like, this is a gift from God. And Mm -hmm. I learned, and I learned the hard way too, but I learned (laughs) learned early on to not speak ill of other ministries, to be very careful Mm -hmm. and to honor and say, okay, maybe they're not perfect and they don't have it all together. And I know that this, but and, and maybe their doctrine is not perfect. Right. And if it's an essential, that's different. If yeah, right. Doctrine. I think we're on the same page with but, that. But, yeah. you know, like I yeah. would just honor these different ministries because I'm like, there's fruit, there's lasting fruit. Right. Right. And there's right. glory on it. Right. And so, honoring that, I think I got to participate in, and receive from mm. some of these men and women of God, even ones that I read about in God's generals. Yeah, I yeah. I remember yeah. reading Evan Roberts and I'm like blown away at, he had these three mm. women that would sing. And I for some reason I love the zoo street revival and the Welsh Revival, but the three ladies that would sing and just shift the atmosphere. Then as he prayed, the history records that the 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 uh atmosphere shifted. And I said, God, I want that. Mm. Like I want that, God. Yeah. And I and then I found, oh God, he gave me that. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) And people say, Hey, when you grab the mic, the atmosphere shifted. I'm like, that's what I prayed for years. Yeah, ago, yeah, you yeah, 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 yeah. So, on, but I would see stories and read things in history and God's generals and certain men and women of God, Catherine Coleman, and, mm-hmm. and I'd be like, "Oh man, I want that sensitivity to the Holy Spirit." Mm. You know, and I honored that, the beauty of who they are and what they carried, and mm. then I received that's the right. glory, that's right, and the grace. Yeah, 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 and, yeah. And sometimes we don't realize dishonor is the same thing as disgrace. When I dishonor. I am disgracing, which I'm cutting myself off from the grace. Mm-hmm. This is why the enemy works hard at getting us offended at people in ministry. Yeah, yeah. Because if he can get it's us to exactly get offended right. at the people we need the most, and it's yeah. usually people that rub us the wrong way that'll refine us the right way. Mm-hmm. If I'm offended and I shut my heart off at someone for something menial, you know, maybe it's the enemy working hard to try to get me to disgrace from the great, I need them in my life. Yeah. And so I've learned to keep my heart open and not be presumptuous and be humble. and like, well, I don't know it also. Let me just, you know. And yeah. it, it benefited me yeah. to to stay that the way.
0: The open heart to yeah. receive. Yeah. I think I think the Lord is like... Learning to receive. That's yeah. it. Learning the, to listen. The, the, I think the Lord's developing something just here. We've, we've, sometimes I'm like, we're kind of in a bunch of different <laughs> places. But it's all like, I think God's weaving together this theme of... Your prophetic history, my prophetic history, the people's watching prophetic history, honoring what's gone before us. Yeah, Yeah, but you and I both sense, and this is what I believe now, right now, in the middle of what is taking place in the nations of the earth, in the middle of our current election, what's happening, what did happen, what maybe happened. um, In the middle of right now, in the last week, it seemed like a, a bunch of states are shutting things down, in the middle of all that, and I know you're the same, I have this enduring conviction that God is, is, has started the third great awakening of America. On, I, don't, I don't even like, that's yeah. not like something so I can yeah. say like that's amen right. to, yeah. and I believe that this is what I'm so encouraged about right now in this season. There are people watching this, there's people not watching this, but across the global church, There are people praying these prayers of, God, I know that you're real and I take you at your word and I'm here to do whatever you want, whether it's intercession, whether it's prayer, whether it's serving people, whether it's on my marketplace, I will be a revivalist for you. And in the middle of that, this leads to finally we're getting to, I feel like you're just supposed to pray to unlock like things that are in people's prophetic history, they might not know, is there things that God wants to add? And in honoring, and in the middle of that, God is going to unite the body of Christ as one. For for the purposes of God, for a global awakening of the Holy Spirit like we've never seen. And I want to tell you this, God is going to be glorified in this season in human history as never before. You're going to see the Josephs, the Daniels, the Davids. There are people watching this broadcast and there are people that are unknown known. They're going to come on the scene like Davids and the Goliaths will not win. The Lord told me this um, like a month ago. He said, the enemy is confused. You stay the course.
1: So good, I I feel like uh, well, we are definitely beginning to see just a a good outbreak, a yeah. revival, um, and uh, later in 2019, the Lord gave me a word. We didn't know we were transitioning to New York mm-hmm. and then functioning more in apostolic relational with the church here mm-hmm. to appoint Chris and appoint Christian Carly. Before all this, the Lord says 2020 is the year of rest. Wow. And so I preached a message at the end of 2019, and I said, "This is what I believe." And um, and then somebody tagged me in a post on Facebook, and it was a uh, oh my gosh, one of the Kansas City prophets, Bob Jones, prophesied 2020 would be a year of rest, and then it would usher in the third great awakening. Yeah. And I saw that, and I'm like, "Wow, that's amazing." And then I find myself quarantined at home. And thank God I had a swimming pool. I just swam every day. I'm like I'm on eternal vacation right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. You know? And God always speaks the opposite. We needed a word of rest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the midst of chaos. Yeah. He speaks peace in the midst of a storm. Hmm. Healing in the moment of brokenness. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Redemption when it seems like all hell's breaking loose. He speaks heaven manifesting when it's crazy. And I believe there's that, no... I always, I even can, believe. can I pause right yeah, here? Yeah, yeah. Because
0: I feel like this is really important. It touches the issue of uh, honor and dishonor mm. because there is something that's happened, especially in the U.S., and there's a lot of dimensions to so it. I don't think it needs to be addressed in this broadcast, but it's this. There's like this mocking thing yeah, against yeah. against the word of the Lord, Bro. against like, oh, I thought God said this. And so many people are... And it's this disdain.
1: Stuff you're saying is some things I've, I feel led to preach on tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And about yeah, this, David this and the mocking spirit.
0: And, this disdain uh, of like, where is your man of God now? And 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 really, to be honest with you, it breaks my heart because it's coming from believers and they think that they're spiritual or they, they, they try and come across it spiritual, but it's an evidence of their brokenness and their unbelief.
1: Yeah, yes. yeah. And I think at any point, we can all become a modern day, a modern day yes, Pharisee. I agree. We're not, we're not
0: above it. No one's above it. And, and we got that's human why heart.
1: it's important that we know the difference between the kingdom reign of heaven and the other leavens, mm-hmm. the leaven of the kingdom versus the leaven of Herod, the leaven of the Pharisees. And so you have a lot of people, they don't know the difference between a political ideology and the kingdom reign of heaven. You have a lot of people that don't even know, like they wouldn't even know how to, present or live out ethnic reconciliation, Mm. but then they voice a stand for social justice. And as a Christian, they might've even replaced what the real gospel is with just social justice, Yeah. which comes from not knowing why we believe what we believe. Mm-hmm. The liberation theology that crept into the church in the 50s, uh, I believe it was the 50s from South America, and then the social gospel from about a century ago has influenced the church in a way where we think social justice is the gospel when social justice is a fruit of the gospel. I agree. And so we have taken an element of the gospel the same way we do it with like atonement theories. Yeah, yeah, Or whatever, an atonement metaphor becomes a theory when the metaphor should be a spotlight to the beauty of the gospel. Yeah, yeah. And so we've taken like one little fruit of the gospel and oh that's the kingdom. Like, no, that's part of the manifestation I agree. of the kingdom. Yeah, yeah. And then you have people and so there is definitely this mocking going on and this but in the midst, God is gonna manifest his glory. Yes. That's why I say that. Yeah. And through the church. Display the manifold wisdom of God, the many colored, yes, like in the Ephesians 3. The, all the, yeah. And it's really like a picture of uh, a glorious, you know, many colored um, expression of who God is. Mm-hmm. And we can present and show the world, live out this kingdom reign of heaven. Mm-hmm. And revival is just going to happen. And then people will realize like, oh, I have bowed and idolized a political ideology yep. or or whatever it is. right? You know, I've even, maybe I've idolized this patriot. Patriotic, nationalistic way of thinking yeah. where we're worshiping this candidate or this candidate. Yeah. Inadvertently, we idolize those things, yeah. and that can become an idol in and of itself. Yeah. Nationalism can be an idol. Yeah. I'm not no, talking about white nationalism. No, no, I'm talking no I, about I know what you're saying. Patriotic. This can become an idol and God is tearing those idols down to get us back to the heart of the father so that we can release the kingdom reign and see true ethnic reconciliation and all the other issues in society mm -hmm. that, that the world doesn't have answers for. The answer is Jesus. Yeah. He's the answer.
0: I agree. I'm in agreement. I think, I think just the thing that popped out, we'll let you pray. And then we got program number two. So, uh, I think that the simplistic lesson, and a lot of times it's just these simplistic le- lessons that I learn from multivariated issues, and it's this, that when, it's just this simple. When our highest delight is not him, somewhere along the line, our lens is going to be clouded. Yeah. And yeah. you and I, have both strong opinions, got this, this should have. you know. But it's like, If my highest delight is not in him, I've opened the door to be clouded by something. And I think the other part of that is, is we were created to have a savior. And if our affections are not from the true savior, we'll find it in something, we'll find even in ministry. I'm in 18 years, it could be in this, uh, you know, oh, you nailed it, perfect. Like whatever it is, Mm -hmm. the enemy will look. And if we're not careful, it will make us very religious.
1: Yeah, so true. (laughs) There's a guy who one time said, uh, and I never forget this. He said, many times in church cultures, he says we think our stream is the river.
0: Randy Clark. And did he say that? <laughs> Randy's awesome. Well, I know somebody that. Yeah. else that said it, yeah. but he maybe so he stole it from eclectic. him. I love being a collective. Yeah, yeah.
1: But like that is so profound because we start worshiping our cultural expression of Jesus or yeah. whatever instead of looking at the larger body of Christ, and we do the same thing. Uh, in, in in society, you know, and we don't value someone else's perspective or whatever. And we immediately shut ourselves off from any type of relationship. Instead yeah, of yeah. like, the scripture says, like, sit down at the table, mm-hmm. breaking bread and face-to-face, clen- heart-to-heart. That's where walls come down. And true relationship and conversation, which is a lost art. Yeah, thing. yeah. We don't know how to converse today. Yeah. And it's like, it takes humility the ability, I remember years, the Lord taught me how to listen. I hmm. went to a Bible every Monday and Friday night. And it was from like 6 PM to sometimes 9 PM, sometimes 10, 11. And it was radical, powerful Bible study. Bible study. Uh, yeah. And it was like almost, I don't know, eight years of this. And it was like, the Holy spirit says, you don't know how to listen. Just be quiet and listen. Hmm. And I learned how to listen. <laughs> and I probably had a really short attention span. One of the reasons I was being taught, you know, or, like held back and learning disabilities, just ADD stuff, young kid, you know? Yeah, yeah. And just the way I learned, it was not like everyone, you know, learn this. And I'm like, I I wanna be talked to. And so I didn't have a good attention span, but the Lord taught me how to listen. Hmm. And I found myself having such greater perspectives and seeing the hearts of who people are by just listening. Hmm. So Sometimes I'll just sit down with people I don't know and I just listen to their story. And it, it profoundly impacts the way, not only I see them, but how this listening and conversing and opening our hearts in humility is a lost art. And mm. that that's part of, I think, what we'll take, what you said about the Lord. Jesus can teach us that humility mm. to where we can learn to love and, and be footwashers as kingdom people. To where mm. we, hum- one of the most powerful things I saw through the stuff that our country's been through, the pandemic and everything, uh, I think it was in Minnesota. I don't remember. In one of the cities, there's chaos going on. You had police officers washing the feet of African-American community people. Yep. Like, so you have all these people and you have these people washing the feet. I saw it. I'm like, that's the kingdom of yeah, God yeah, yeah. right there. Yeah.
0: Amazing. I it love was, that It stuff. wasn't about a discussion. It wasn't no. about, are we going to end the... Pl- it's like, yeah. I love you. This is
1: humility in yeah, love. Yeah, yeah, the humility of it. Yeah, it's so profound. Yeah. yeah.
0: So why don't we pray here and just... Man, we've covered a lot of good stuff here. But I want you to pray because I feel like just pray because there are revivalists watching. There's yeah. revivalists in this auditorium. And I, I just... I feel like the pleasure of the Lord for this season in human history. Yeah. And I see... Um, like these ancient books wow. that have been prayed and it's like the prayer established them and the people of God speaking the right words is going to cause it to be birthed in this season. Mm. So just so, whatever Lord gives yeah, you. Whoa. Yeah. yeah.
1: So father, we thank you for what you're doing in this hour. Mm. We thank you for the innumerable company of angels. We thank you for the cloud of witnesses, the fathers and mothers and reformers that are that have gone before us that are shouting as the triumphant church lord and we are the victorious church the yeah. bride that is becoming more glorious and lord we thank you for the awakening not just of the world but the people of god are rising up in glory and in power yeah. lord i pray for an unlocking of revival fire of atmosphere shifting saints of kings of priests, and those that are called to ministry and marketplace, yep. those that will take different spheres in the political realm, in business realm, Lord, in realms to change community at, by a, re, a love revolution, not a, heart heart at at a time. And so Lord, let the fiery love of God burn in our hearts in such a way that we become people that shake things up and bring change for the kingdom of God. I thank you for the spirit of an overcomer that is inside every single saint and revivalist lord unlock gifts i call forth the gifts of god the ones hidden the ones we don't know about to come alive and come forth i thank you for innovation and creativity and healing coming forth out of the people of god church rise up in jesus name revivalists rise up In Jesus name and break forth. Let the army of God. I hear rattling and a coming together. Let the army of God. There's wind blowing right now. There's a reforming. A reformation. The army is forming and aligning. And we will move forward and march victoriously through the love of the father. And Lord we thank you for what you're doing through the body of Christ. All throughout the world, Lord, two plus billion saints, all different traditions. We honor and we bless. We thank you for cross pollination Mm -hmm. and walls coming down in denominations and traditions that we would all set our hearts upon Jesus, one Lord. And so we thank you for Mm -hmm. that right now. We're so excited for the future in Jesus name. amen. Amen.